Sometimes we wake up and get kids ready and get ourselves ready and eat breakfast and, and drive fast here and sing some fast-paced songs and get a cup of coffee and have announcements and, and then we got to somehow focus. And boy, isn't that just kind of what life is? It's somehow in the midst of the craziness of life, your steadiness and your quietness and your assurance is there. And we thank you so much for that. Pause our hearts for a moment to hear from you and to allow the scriptures to speak, to give us a further understanding of why missions? Why go? Above and beyond the, the great commandment, why, why obey it? So help us to have further insight to that. And in all things, help us to praise you in Christ's name. Amen. All right, well, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to open those to Matthew chapter 28 to Revelation chapter 5 and to Acts 20. I'm going to give you time. Um, we continue to really push here at the church. Bring your Bibles, bring your Bibles, bring your Bibles. Please bring the written form, your personal Bible. Highlight, underline, circle, uh, mark it up, but it's your Bible. It's your kind of textbook, if you would. Anytime uh, someone uh, gets drafted in either Major League Baseball, hockey, football, basketball, they're handed a huge binder and it's plays and it's marked up and they have to study it. And in the same way, we want this to kind of be your manual. Um, and it, of course, if you didn't bring one, that's fine. You, you jump on your, your phone or there's Bibles and lots of the chairs in front of you. So again, Matthew 28, Revelation chapter 5 and Acts chapter 20. What I want to do real quickly, because I do want to get uh, the men up here and, and Beth to talk about our trip that we went to Juarez. If you're new around here, uh, a couple weeks ago, a a group of us went down and served with our friends and family down in Juarez. And so I want to make sure um, that's why these chairs are, are here, if you're wondering. But before we get to that, I, I do want to dive a little bit into the scriptures on uh, why do we go? Beth and Mark have stood up here for years saying, go, go, go. You should go, you should go. Why do we go? Why, why do we go to, uh, to Africa, various places in Africa? Why do we go to Vietnam? We had a group getting ready to go to Vietnam. Why do we go to Juarez on a regular basis? We're shooting for three trips a year. Why do we do this stuff? Why do we go on mission trips? Uh, one of our goals as a leadership of the church, both elders and pastors, is, is we would like to see uh, 100% of those who who call Rock Creek Church their home church, either have been or go on a mission trip. Why? Why do we do that? And I, and I just, there aren't any slides because I just want you to listen uh, and potentially take notes. But number one, we go to expand Christ's kingdom. That's what we do. We, we go on these mission trips to expand God's ever-growing kingdom. Uh, God's word makes it clear in, in Matthew 28, uh, starting at verse 16, he says this, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Now we often look at this passage, if you've spent much time in the church and, and we view it as just such a beautiful passage, but it begins with doubt and question. You, you have that with your kids yesterday. I just wanted, it was the 
twins' birthday. They turned 12 yesterday. And by the end of the day, I just wanted to boot them out of the house. It was just nonstop questioning. And then I come to the scripture this morning. I'm like, man, there's really nothing new under the sun. They, they, they doubt. Jesus, Jesus says, we're going to go do this. And they doubt. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And, and while this passage was written for the disciples, it applies to us here at Rock Creek Church. Or, or if you're watching online, it applies to whatever church you attend. Uh, if you're a guest or visitor and you're going to go home after today, it, it applies to whatever church setting you are in. Because someone needs to go and to live and to share the gospel message with folks. That's why Jesus gave us the command. He could have done it any way that he wanted, but he chose you and I. We'll have to ask him about that when we get to heaven. Because it seems like if he's going to propel his gospel message to all the world, he would maybe pick a better species than humankind. Because we're flakes. And we're stubborn. And we're self-focused. But regardless, he chose us to go because why? There are still people, believe it or not, who have never even heard of Jesus Christ. There are, there are still people who have no idea what the gospel message is. And I'm not talking about the far reaches of the planet where, where no one ha has seen anyone other than their tribe. I'm talking even down to Denver. I'm talking even to Boulder, or to Juarez, there are still people who don't know this story of Jesus. And it's a high honor for God to say to Ethan or to Sandy or Paul, go, I'm going to use you to go expand my kingdom. And it's going to be amazing. You're going to love it, but I'm going to do something beyond your wildest imagination. And so we do this. And so we must be willing to step out of our comfort zone. Beth told me this morning she's nervous about Vietnam. Even Beth. Stepping out of her comfort zone. Mark, I'm sorry, I'm just going to share this. Mark, who's a, who's a delightful man. You might be wondering why I have to preface it that way. Mark is a delightful man, but if he invites you to a hike question him, okay? Because he will try to kill you. He gave Beth a, uh, an anniversary present and he took her zip lining uh, and, and almost killed her. So uh, stepping out of your comfort zone, for the guys that come up here and share in a little bit, you're going to hear about them stepping out of their comfort zone. They pack their bags, they, they leave their church, they leave their family, they leave their job, they leave their kids for an extended period of time to go help build the church. And so why do we go? We go to expand Christ's kingdom. Number two, we go to encounter God's heart for the nations. Why? Because you can't encounter that heart here. It's not possible. You say, well, God is everywhere. Yes, but his heart isn't. In order to experience God's heart for the nations, you have to go to the nations. In order to experience what God is doing in Vietnam, you have to go to Vietnam. 
in order to experience, to truly embrace and feel and touch and smell and hear what God is doing in Juarez, you have to go to Juarez. And so we go to experience God's heart for the nations. You've heard it said that God loves and cares about all the nations. All people matter to God. And this is never more evident when you step off a plane or you get out of a van that you think you're going to die in. You get out of that van and you step out and you experience the people. And immediately your, spe- your perspective begins to change. Your ability to, to look at life here and now begins to change. And you begin to see God's heart of compassion and grace and mercy and his love for the entire world. Not just the United States, not just Colorado, not just Boulder County, certainly not just Rock Creek Church. And this is a little bit of a taste of what God's ultimate plan is, and that is to assemble the whole family. Do you know that God is planning a family reunion called eternity? That, that's what God is doing. He's planning a family reunion. And guess what? That means you are going to be there. And I'm going to be there. And, and people that you know are going to be there. Look with me at Revelation uh, chapter 5, starting at verse 9. This is incredible. And they sang a new song. This is uh, 24 elders. They're falling down before the lamb. Each one has a harp. Uh, Our elders haven't started practicing that, but this next year we're going to. But all these elders, they're holding harps and golden bowls full of incense, which believe it or not, the Bible says, hold the prayers of the saints. That means there are golden bowls in heaven that hold your prayers. You ever question yourself, what is God's view of my prayer? How does he view prayer? It goes in a gold bowl. And these elders are playing harps, must sound pretty good, and they're holding these bowls, and they sing a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seal because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and every language and every people and every nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and a priest to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. This is a family reunion. I don't know about yours, my family reunions don't look like this. Usually there's the weird uncle. Sometimes I'm that weird uncle. You have different family members that get together and and maybe old stories are brought up and there's nitpicking and there's this like hidden tension of like don't ask Aunt Earl this question because then she'll go on forever. There's like all these rules about family. I'm sure your family has its own quirks. Anyone? You guys are perfect? All right, fine. Be perfect. Well, mine isn't like that. This is a family reunion, and so we encounter God's heart. When you travel abroad, you see God's love for people. You see it in their eyes. You you hear it in their song. You watch it in their tears. And you immerse yourself in the work of the gospel in a distant land. In essence, you get a front row seat to God's heart for the nations. That you can't get here. 
Number three, we go to bless and be blessed. Before my first mission trip in the mid-80s, I was repeatedly told that the number one rule of a mission trip is to be flexible. It's something I've always passed down. It's something if you go on any of our trips, you will hear Beth talk about is be flexible, be flexible, be flexible. It's the number one rule. The second one, very close behind that, that I was always taught is you are to be a blessing. You go to be a blessing. That's, that's your goal. We're not there to solve all the problems or be the heroes. You're there to bless. And scripture states this in Acts chapter 25, if you have your finger in that uh, book. Acts chapter 20, verse 35. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to to what? It just is. Alex, uh, Alex said this during that song with that, that we just sang. It is so counterintuitive, counterculture. Our culture says, you're not more blessed if you give, you're blessed if you get. If you get a ton of gifts, if you get a ton of raises, if, if you get a ton of uh, good words, and the Bible says you're blessed if you give. And the people that we encounter when we go on these trips are individuals who may need to hear the gospel. They may need to see the gospel. They may need, may, they may need to, to experience it in our interaction is the gospel. They might need help. They might need a new window or a new bed or food or diapers or prayer, but they could use a blessing from you. And if you don't go on a trip, you are robbing not just them, but you of that experience. When I look back on our trip to Juarez, I'm speaking now so that when they come up, I don't have to say a word. When I think back to our guys, when we went on this trip to Juarez, it was us who were blessed we were the ones brought to tears because of our Mexican brothers and sisters. Not strangers. Our brothers and sisters. They opened their homes to us. They fed us. They gave us anything that we needed to make us more comfortable. They showered us with love. They went out of their way to serve us. and allowed us to experience their beautiful country and people. We drove on a regular basis by the wall. And they're just like us. Following Jesus. Answering the Great Commission. So cool. Finally, and then I'm done. We go on a mission trip because of Jesus. Uh, uh, this happens almost every week where Alicia says something that's what I'm preaching on. And Alicia said, you know, when you're raising kids and you ask them uh, what they learned in Sunday school and they just say Jesus, they do, like don't know what else to say and we kind of mock them for it and say what else and really isn't that the answer? And it's what Alicia brought this morning and we go on a mission trip because of Jesus. It's not more complicated than that. Going on a mission trip means that you're going to sacrifice your time and your talents and your money to go serve others and do so in the name of Jesus. And this is arguably one of the highest honors that a believer can receive is to go. 
and to be the hands and feet of the Lord. Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 says this. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. That means there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of work to be done, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Does that mean that we're looking for laborers to sweep up? That is not what God had in mind. It's to be a part of the gospel going forward. Jesus was a missionary for his own gospel. He left the home of heaven. He traveled to earth. He became a man. He endured everything that we endure to advance the good news. John chapter 3, verse 16. You know it well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, will not die, will not wither away, but will have everlasting eternal life. He sacrificed everything to go. And then he says, do as I've done. And so these men went. So please give them a warm welcome as they come up to the stage to share. Guys, come on up. I'm not sitting. Go ahead and have a seat. Beth coming up. Mark. No, this is not special. Randy forgot it. <laughs> no, we're good. Uh, Mark will stand. I'm just, I'm kidding. Can someone get us another chair? Thank you, Ethan. We got one right here. Just don't trip or break anything. Jeez. It's like eeny, meeny, miny, mo up here. I'm not going to tell you who's mo. Um, so this is our team. We went to Mexico, uh, and uh, Dan Montaneri couldn't be with us this morning. Uh, Dan and Josh and Joe uh, had never been on a mission trip. Exactly what we had just talked. Um, and so to experience it for the first time and go to Juarez. Uh, and so we're just going to ask them some questions. I'm going to kind of float around like Phil Donahue and, um, and ask them a little bit of questions. So we're going to start with Josh. Josh uh, has been a longtime attender here. Uh, he's married to beautiful Grace. Uh, he is a believer. He's an elder here at the church. Um, and so uh, the invite went, and Josh, you went. I wanted you to share with everybody um, what stood out to you beforehand. What did you experience during? Give us some insight. Uh, just so you know, oh, look at that. Isn't that perfect timing? There's Josh pretending. Um, he didn't do anything. He just was like, hey, can I hold that drill real quick? Uh, it was a super good photo moment. So you're going to see several pictures floating around. Some of them will make sense. Some of them will explain uh, in due time. But Josh, Gosh, take it away. Oh, thanks. Um, so I heard about the trip initially from Brian, and I wanted it to go. I have been on a mission trip uh, with Rock Creek to Leadville. Uh, pretty, um, it's a good introduction uh, mission trip. It's in Colorado. It's just a short drive away. It's in America. So I, the feeling I had there of living intentionally for Christ, having nothing else on the docket other than to look for Christ, look for Jesus in every day, uh, serve people. It's uh, intoxicating. It's, uh, it's an amazing feeling. It's something that I 
uh, haven't felt uh, since then, and I, I felt in Juarez, so I wanted that. I also wanted to, um, you know, go to Juarez and, and help the best way I could with, um, you know, taking care of business, just laboring, uh, doing the tasks that needed to be done uh, for our friends in Juarez. Um, so, and then to be with these guys too. It's uh, it was an honor to be serving next to these men up here. You want me to keep going? Yeah, keep going, man. Like, what stood out to you? What did you so, learn, and what did God do through uh, you? One of the two things I wanted to share specifically was about the pre-trip process for me. Um, we we had great leaders in Brian, Beth, and Mark uh, to prepare us for what we were going to see, what we we're going to do, how we should be preparing our hearts um, as we got ready to go. Uh, one of those components was spiritual warfare that we talk about. We talked about specifically. Um, for me, again, I wanted to go just to take care of business, and that's kind of me, is just give me a, a list of things to do, and I'm going to knock them out as quickly as possible, and then look for more things to do. Um, and it was the exact opposite when Brian and Mark and Beth were talking to us about preparing. Um, they asked us to be relational, look for people to talk to and become uh, friends with, and to speak of the gospel with. Um, uh, it was not my first inclination. That's not what I wanted to do. But um, I took that to heart. And then the spiritual warfare piece, um, they told us to be prepared for that. Um, I thought I was. The week before we went, I had uh, definitely some attacks. I, was, we had, I had the worst week with my kids that I've had probably since my divorce. Uh, just a lot of hard relational things happening in my life that kind of spoke to my um, my shortcomings as uh, a father or as a, a, a man. So under attack, and I was able to share that with these guys. I was able to recognize it very quickly uh, before it became all-consuming. Um, it's very easy to hear that voice and then think that um, that's the... That's uh, who you should be listening to, right? That voice of the enemy. Uh, he is no respecter of uh, what is going on in your life or uh, what you're going to go do. He wants to cut you down at the knees and make you feel less than and to silence your voice or at least muffle it. So I was able to share that with these guys and uh, have some pretty cool uh, stories in Juarez as we went. And, and quickly before I pass you on to the next person, how are you different today because you went? <clears throat> uh, that's a good question. It's fair. Um, to see God at work in another country is very humbling. Uh, to hear prayers to God in uh, another language is extremely uh, powerful. Uh, is to see God's family and other ends of the earth is, is amazing. But also to hear God being praised in a joyful way um, in the middle of uh, a church that is in the uh, just the hardest place to look at. I mean, talking poverty, despair, uh, burned down buildings, gutted buildings. It shouldn't make sense. God shouldn't be, uh, or the people shouldn't be joyous in a place where they're having to fight for their next meal or wonder where they're going to spend the night or wondering if they're going to have a blanket. And to see him at work there, uh, it's life-changing. It's impossible not to be changed by that. Nice. All right, Billy, go ahead and take that. Billy, why, why, do, we, why do we go? What's the importance of going? What's the importance of what they're doing down there? Mm. 
so a lot of very kind words were said before we went about how we're an answer to prayer. And I think that's true. And, and everybody here is an answer to prayer, whether you went or you enabled going or you prayed while you were there. And I, and I think we should all use that as a call to action in the future. Uh, but the reality of it is that the people down there are the answer to prayer mm-hmm. every day. Right now, this Sunday, we're not there. And they are. And they'll be there tomorrow and Tuesday and every day for the rest of their lives. Uh, and so the importance of us going is to support them. The, uh, sorry if I'm stealing anybody's thunder, but uh, we heard uh, about this little grandmother down the street from the church who, like Josh said, this place is, it's one of the places in the world where it's kind of unimaginable poverty. Um, and this grandmother who lives down the street from the church, she's raising six grandkids uh, because her daughter just goes out and has fun and has a baby and then shows up and says, hey mom, raise my baby. And she goes, okay. So she's raising these six kids and somebody else in the colonia was wanting to build a house and I guess they didn't want to afford windows and doors so they stole this lady's windows and doors. I mean, let that sink in for a minute. Didn't steal valuables or, I mean, they didn't have any valuables, but didn't steal any of the things that we normally think of as worth stealing. Took a sledgehammer and knocked out her windows and doors. And not to be stereotypical, but as a bunch of men down there to do a mission trip, we, of course, immediately went, we're going to solve this issue, you know? I'm sure each of us at some point had an hour, few hours, 24-hour period of like, how are we going to fix this? How are we going to fix this? How are we going to fix this? And we all kind of had these moments of revelations at one point, trying to walk around and make the best of this situation for this you know, little grandma, mm-hmm. where we realized it's not us that's gonna make a difference in this lady's life. If we had the ability to sink a million dollars into this lady's house right now, two days from now, she'd still have problems. What matters is that we enable the church down the street who's gonna be there to do God's work and to be the blessing. Awesome. And you've been a couple of times. In fact, you were a missionary for a year or more. Uh, how is this trip different, and how are you different for going on this, this kind of a trip? Well, this trip is always different. I, I think I said something about this before we went. These trips are always different because of what Beth and Mark always say and what Brian said just this morning is that this is not about the typical going there and doing things. It's about being a blessing to those people. Um, and even when Lisa and I were on the mission field, there was not that mentality. It was not the mentality of, we're here to actually enable you to be a blessing to others. There's not that mentality of like, how can I figure out what your perspective is and what you need to be blessed like? Um, and I think that's happening in the mission field in general, but it's certainly happening in uh, the mission trips that Rock Creek goes on. Um, you know, uh, some of us have been on these kind of trips enough times that the first time is like this dramatic change in you, and then after that, it's like an incremental change, but it's just as significant to your soul. It, I think I'm different this time because of more of a resolution to hang on to this. Awesome. He throw it down to the chef. 
Mark, you've been on mission trips most of your adult life. Uh, you get you and Beth have led probably over 30 trips down to Juarez um, with tons of people. Um, how did you spend your time? Um, and tell us how your time in Home Depot was. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks. Um, Why don't you well, come over here? Yeah. In front. You don't have to go behind. Wow. Okay. We're having problems here with the mic. Hold it like a microphone. Okay. 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 Right. Um, Condensed good, version. Good. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Every, <laughs> there's, some, there's something you got to know about. Everybody get comfy. About me, yeah. We're going to go on a hike. No. <laughs> um, anyway, um, you know, I, I learned, you know, my first missions trip was, you know, we're going to go do construction and we're going to do this and that and other things. And I wasn't prepared uh, the way that uh, these men have prepared. You know, so I did. So I went down and I wanted to move all the children out of the way. I wanted to move everyone out of the way so that I can do the work. Um, and, uh, and so uh, I've learned very, very quickly that it's not about, it's not about uh, doing the work, it's about doing the heart. And, and being the heart, um, I would say that uh, every time I go down, my heart breaks. You know, you'd, you'd think, you think, man, he's been down there 30 times or so. But uh, I got to tell you that, you know, if you want to, if your heart breaks there, it'll break here. If your heart breaks here, it'll break there. You know, because it's not about what you do, it's about what you see. The Mexican people, they love to look at your eyes. And all over the world, you know, they say, say, take your sunglasses off. You know, whether you're in Vietnam or Africa, they really like to see your eyes because they can see what's inside you. They can see your heart through your eyes. So, so here, you know, when your heart breaks is when you look in the person's eyes and you see their heart so you can understand them. So I've, I've learned that. And I've learned that, uh, you know, it's not about the paint. It's not about, you know, that. It's good to do that. It's good to be, you know, the hands and feet of Jesus. But like Brian says, the hands and feet of Jesus are the ones that wash the feet of Jesus that wash the feet of their brothers. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate that. You can give it to Beth. Um, so uh, Beth had a unique experience. She was kind of the mom. You can't just send men away <laughs> by themselves, especially us. Um, because we may not have gotten back. Uh, and so we needed some supervision. And so Beth was our mom and our leader. And so Beth, you had a unique perspective on this trip that is a little bit different than uh, maybe some trips in the past where you 
watched these guys. Um, what was that like? And maybe you can share how God used you in Home Depot or how he met you in Home Depot. There is. Um, I did get to kind of just watch. I was kind of freelancing, doing my own thing, um, hanging out with Christina, who you met last week, um, just doing different things, running errands. But I got to watch. And um, sorry, we're the criers. Always. You can take it to the bank. Sorry. Um, so I was thinking about these guys and Dan, and I got to watch um, a verse that Alicia actually read this morning in the prayer time in Psalm 34 says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from my fears. Hmm. There were a few fears among all of us to go down there. Uh, those who look to him are radiant. And I would encourage you to watch these guys. I watched them in Juarez, and they were radiant, perhaps from sweat, perhaps from heat, <laughs> but they were radiant in the Lord, and it was because they said yes. And so I got to watch them. I got to watch them visit orphans and widows. I got to watch them do construction, paint, be on a roof when it was 100 degrees all day long waiting for the stuff to dry. Um, I watched them share meals, listen, preach, pray, you name it. In about three days, these guys did it all. And I, I couldn't be more proud um, of them and what they did. Um, I couldn't be more proud of you guys because we don't go without you all. Um, some of you took care of some of the kids of these men. Kids said, okay, dad, go ahead and go. Wives said, okay, I've got this. And that was huge. The finances that you guys gave toward the trip, that, that made it all of us, um, not just us but all of us going to Juarez. And God used those finances. He used your prayers. He used these guys in ways that they never could have imagined or even had the courage to ask for in some ways. So that's what I saw. I saw, um, I saw lives that are changed. Um, we encourage them to, to keep asking, now what? God, now what? What do I do with this? It's not just an experience, not just a box to mark off, but now what do I do with it? Um, how do I do that here? How do I capture that heart here? And then what's my next step? And um, that's, that's worth the price of the ticket, as they say, to be taking that. I have one more thing. Um, we all came home with lots and lots of stories, and we talk about that when we're getting ready to come home, that one of the things that happens when you come home is, how was your trip to Mexico? Was it fun? And we would all say, yes. Not Disneyland fun, but it was one of the most rich and rewarding, amazing times that we've ever had. We would say that. Um, I would encourage you, Brandy doesn't know that I do this, when I'm talking to teams um, that are coming back, I always tell them, I hope you have a Randy Bulow moment. 
Um, when our daughter was 14, she went to Ecuador for her first missions trip alone. She had been on lots of them. But for some reason, we had people at our house afterwards, and Randy sat on a glider on my patio with Kayla for an hour, listening to stories about Ecuador. It was before she had a cell phone to pull out pictures, but I would encourage all of you to give these guys a Randy Bulow moment. Take them out for coffee. They should be swarmed at the end of church so that you set up to take them out for coffee so that you can hear. They're sharing a little bit, but they have so much to share with you. And so make the most of that. Allow that radiance that's spilling out. Let them share that with you um, and have coffee and have a Randy moment. That's good. Um, Randy's the one with the Barbie. If you're, it, just to remind you, he's the one with the Barbie doll. Right up here. You can come see him after. Um, can you just tell us how you almost lost Mark and God found him for you? <laughs> Home Depot. So I don't know how many trips <laughs> it was. Everything wasn't spiritual there. <laughs> no. We, um, these guys were working, 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 but they didn't, we had tried to get a lot of the materials before they came down. Um, but we ended up making a lot of runs to Home Depot. You would think that would be easy because we all know Home Depot. However, in another culture, in a different language, with um, not the same stuff that we have in our Home Depot, in that Home Depot. And so we kept going. I think one day we were either three or four trips. We were the only gringos in Home Depot the entire time that we were there. And we made friends. Because I imagine this, I lost Mark a few times in the store. <laughs> but all I had to do was say, don't ask me esposo, and they would point that way, or that way, or that way. And so we made a lot of friends. Who knows what they were saying, but um, it was always with a smile. And um, it was just another one of those moments that... Who knows how God uses it, but somebody says, who were those people? But, um, yeah. Shocking that Mark Shevlin would be known throughout all of Home Depot, um, but he was. Uh, Chris, uh, you went, you left at an interesting time. We explained with, with Lexi coming. Uh, you went on the trip. You were uh, kind of a last-minute add-on um, where God kind of prompted you, and you went. Um, how did God use you? What, what do you what's your takeaway? Um, I think one of the things that, that hits me is that I've, I've been on a little bit of other ones. Um, there's always that sense, uh, other, other mission trips. I went to Ecuador uh, twice as a, more of a 20-something. We did some work on, on like a, a clinica there, uh, but it wasn't really much. These, these, some of these guys are serious professionals, by the way, and they just came and snapped into action. Uh, I'm not really one either, but... Um, one of the things I, I saw, one of the things I have seen, I grew up with a single mom, and I've seen a lot, I've moved a lot, and seen a lot of things. I saw the kids that were down there, and uh, kids of all types. I mean, like, Jose Luis, the pastor, has kind of this little cookie-cutter house sitting in a bunch of others. If you've seen pictures of Mexico City, they just seem to love making tons of houses like those. Um, there's a lot of things that are clear. It's, it's built more for Mexico. It's, it's more fast, more simple, cheaper, get it going. Uh, there were like 
uh, places where the, the pipes had burst out when they got actually negative 10 degrees. Actually, he pointed out essentially where when they got sub-freezing, everyone had a little hole in, uh, in that they had patched up. But uh, one of the things I saw is just how much family means and how much it's the language there. I have a 23-year-old adopted daughter who has several families, has several identities, and now we're her identity. And uh, I also have daughters who've looked back and said, where am I really from? Now I'm from two families. Now I sort of have two moms. Um, one of the things I saw when, when we saw that grandmother, Beth Shevlin set that all up. It was totally the last minute. You saw that that and the little escuela where they have the kids, is that the kids are really, really adaptable. And the Lord Holy God has made them full of grace for our sins and foolishness. When we, you know, one of the things I, I tell Hannah and many others is that Christians have a long list of things to not do, but if you add up a lot of them, they're how to take care of a child. You know, all the things we say, don't do this, don't do this, have it, you know, if you're going to have a kid, be in marriage, if you're, if you're not going to have a kid, then don't, uh, don't uh, have a relationship, but be gracious and treat everyone as brothers and sisters. And uh, kids, kids really, even in a house with holes in it, that are before this. That, that house we saw was probably half demolished. Maybe it's being rented, I don't know. But it was next to a huge uh, ramp. And I went and looked on, on uh, Google Maps and that, that house wasn't really there and there was a huge ramp built since then on Google Maps. That house is probably left over and was gonna be torn down. Uh, they're living in it. They're either squatters or otherwise. And the kids played. And, and the other kid played in the, in the big demolished pile of, of rock downhill. And uh, they, they jumped around. We ended up getting like rocks accidentally kicked down on us because they were playing above us. And the thing is, they just made as much as they could of life. And you see that they'll go wherever it is people care for them. And the one thing that breaks my heart is not that they're not children, not that they're not you know, joyous in some ways, uh, but that they are cold at night. And, uh, and when our dollars come down, when a bunch of guys give an amateur day of work, oh my gosh, it's obvious, Home Depot, those folks know how to do tons of construction. They're not used to gringos coming down and, and doing uh, uh, stuff. But um, it really is, is, it was very impressive. The one other thing I think really that, uh, that my wife mentioned to me is that really got me is when we, we saw a little slice of heaven, I really think, you just mentioned, uh, uh, Brian, when we went and just went to a restaurant, same sort of thing as like a Chili's, and there was a 40 foot long, I, I don't kid you, of tables all stuck together. And I was like, what, is this ours? Well, it was for these guys, and we had all had paint all over us. We were all kind of smelly at the end of the day. I had a big tear in my, in my uh, thing. And then all of the in-laws and all of the, uh, the folks from Jose Luis, it was for familia. Everyone was there. And that was a picture of heaven for a moment. No one's used to, to, to tourists coming down there. They know all about America. That big border is a, a point between two huge governments, between a huge economy that made a huge number of factories. But familia was there. And people looked at us. And they saw workers, a bunch of guys, big old gringos, next to a huge normal family that would normally be a place like that. And... Um, that's where I saw that that's, that was a picture of heaven. And the one thing that got me when I was down there is that the, the town has huge downtown Chicago shootings, very deadly, fearful things that happen everywhere. And that fear is what the kids don't know yet. Thank the Lord God. 
But that fear sucks away all of that life. Maybe the fear of the mom, that, that mother who actually left those kids, she's afraid of being poor. She probably gives money, some money back. But fear just sucks the life out of that town. And um, in grace, we go down because we have faith. And, and they were just, they were saying, people said, you guys are down here just to help. And the answer is, yeah. Good. But that's what it looks like. Thank that's you. what heaven looks Appreciate like. Appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to bring it over here to the Pope. Uh, Joe, you're going to be last. I'll keep it short. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's going to say, I went. Um, so, Pope, uh, you know the drill. Just what's on your heart? Every time I uh, leave Juarez, I want to stay. And I can't tell you it's from the beautiful scenery. We're hanging out with this amazingly aged group I've noticed sitting up here today. So some of the young, cool kids, you need to join us next time because so that's where it is. Um, but, you know, I was reflecting, and I've been down there a few times, and I was standing up there looking, and for some reason I don't feel depressed. And I almost feel guilty about that when I'm standing there because it's, it's, I look over it and I can see God just so clearly. Um, and it's, it's not because it's broken and poor that I see God. It's because I see the trust and the faith in God where we stand. I worry all the way until we cross the border about whatever's going on back here. And the minute I cross that border... I have to have total faith in God. In Mark's driving in a van. <laughs> in Lalo's stories. In the food that I went with Lalo in a stick shift. And if you ever want to have fun, that's a ride you want to take. To go to food carts to pick up food and you're told not to eat food there unless it's from the base. And you're like, let's just get eight bags and bring them back. See what happens. Uh, it was awesome. Um, <laughs> But it's just that trust and faith in God. And, you know, I was, I was reflecting on it on the way home. And it's like, I really swear I heard God say, see what I can do when you get out of my way? Hmm. And, and God wants to pull us along with him. And we get here and we're trying to fit God into what our schedule and what our pattern and what our life is and, and perfect lines and paint and, and all these little things that, that are so us. But whether it's here or Mexico or Leadville or Boulder, it's amazing what happens when we get out of God's way and we let God lead us. I think that's all I have. That's awesome. Self? Self? <laughs> uh, so all these guys have nicknames. Uh, once a youth pastor, I'm always a youth pastor. So we had idle time, so I gave them all nicknames. This is Wrigley. Uh, because he always had gum on him. Um, which has nothing to do with right now. But um, So Joe, uh, you were nervous about going. You were hesitant, but you knew God was prompting. You had heard us talk about this for years and had always been saying, I should go, I should go. And you finally jumped. 
Yeah, I had uh, quite a bit of spiritual warfare. I've been wanting to go on a mission trip for, I don't know, years. And uh, always a roadblock. Uh, you know, you shouldn't go, you can't go. So finally I said, I'm going. Uh, with the help of these gentlemen praying for me to go, uh, I did it. And uh, changed, changed my life forever. And um, I will be, uh, my next mission is to get my kids down there on a mission trip with me. And um, this trip uh, was a blessing. It, uh, it really humbled me to see how spoiled I was. Um, how, how we live here compared to um, how they live. They have, uh, a lot of them have nothing. So it changed my heart. I, uh, God showed me his broken heart down there. Um, wept like a baby. Uh, it was really life-changing, and uh, the story is yet to be wrote yet. Um, I haven't fully uh, comprehended the trip yet. Um, so real quickly, you, uh, Mark is the Don, um, for whatever reason, he's kind of the godfather of the church. You know where this is going, Josh, um, <laughs> Beth's kind of mom, uh, Chris is radio, uh, because every time you turn the radio on, there's someone talking. Um, so that's radio, uh, read into that what you want. Um, the Pope is the Pope, uh, Billy is captain and Josh Josh is the soaring eagle. Uh, and just would love for you to all ask him about that um, after the service. So spiritual stuff. 